Clock Dodgers Podcast. What up, what up, what up, Clock Dodgers? I hope y'all are doing great. I hope you're blessed. I hope everything is smooth in your life today. Listen, it feels like it's been a minute since we dropped a new episode. Of, you know, we're going to be doing some new things. we got some new things coming up. Um, it's going to be way more active on the feed. So I apologize for the, you know, the the break of sorts, you know, the, the lack of content. Uh, we'll have much more of it. We'll have guests. We'll have all that kind of stuff. I also have um, a new camera that I'm almost finished setting up. So we should have video. Uh, on a lot of episodes, or maybe we'll do it as some kind of exclusive content. I'm not really sure yet how we'll how we'll, how we'll put it out, but um, just trying to get things you know more new and improved around here. You know what I'm saying? Trying to trying to elevate the process. It's only right you deserve it. You know, as a listener, so that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to make happen. That's what we're trying to make happen here at Clock Dodgers. But on these episodes here, I want to do something where every week at least once a week, maybe more depending on, you know, the news cycle and how things are going. Uh, but definitely once a week, I cover at least three topics, um, that I think are the most interesting topics of the week or entertaining or, um, you know, important, whatever it is. Sometimes it'll be guest involved. Sometimes it'll be solo dolo like it is today. Um, so we'll just, we'll just kind of, you know, continue to maneuver through this, but I want to incorporate it into the weekly content. So it's something that you guys could look forward to besides, you know, everything else. But, um, Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and just let's let's make this happen. Uh, the first topic that I really want to cover, uh, which I found you know funny and interesting, was the uh, Squid Game creator versus Le- LeBron James. The little beef they got brewing. Um, if you're not familiar, Squid Games. I mean, you got to be familiar at this point. Even if you haven't watched it, I actually have not watched the series yet. I'm like that when it comes to shows and it comes to like all this hype and everyone's saying, "Oh my God, it's, it's amazing! It's amazing! It's a great one of the greatest shows." I tend to not jump in right away. I tend to let that simmer, let everybody get it out their system, and then I'll go, you know, check it out. But I haven't checked it out yet. Um, however, you know, they overheard LeBron James talking to Anthony Davis uh, in a press conference, and they were talking about the show. And he said he didn't like how it ended. He didn't like the ending, and they said there was going to be a season two. And he's like, "Yeah, I know. I just didn't like how it ended." So this got back to the to the to the director, the, well, the creator of um, a Squid Game. Um, and I don't really want to mess his name up. Huang Dong Hyuk, I, I believe it is. Um, it got back to him and he said, that's my ending. If he has his own, that would satisfy him. Maybe he, he can make his own sequel. I'll check it out and maybe send him a message saying, I liked your whole show, except the ending. It's, it's a little spicy. It's a little spicy. I got to admit. I mean, this is a common, you know, criticism that shows get that people don't like the endings of them a lot of times. And I, and I think it's a a system of we're just kind of you know we don't want to see it end but more so that it's hard to end shows or it's hard to end a story um it's hard to to land that it's like it's it's no doubt the hardest part of a show i mean shows that i consider you know my favorite shows ever my top five i don't like how some of them ended either and they're still in my top five it just it's just a criticism that a lot of people have with shows and it's hard to you know to to do it right or to, to do it in a way that people are super super satisfied with it across the board um so i understand you know the creator being a little spicy about it um he also said have you seen space jam 2 lebron james is cool and can say what he wants i respect that i'm very thankful he watched the whole series but i wouldn't change my ending so obviously you know he's committed to it right he wrote this ending this is what he wanted 
you know, there's a part, there's a season two coming supposedly. So it's not really over, but the season one ending he's committed to. And he, you know, he doesn't like the criticism, I guess, from LeBron. He's a little, he's a little on the defensive here, um, which again, is his piece of art. So I can understand him, you know, uh, having that defense mechanism at the same time. He probably wouldn't care normally, but it's LeBron James, the biggest basketball player in the world. This guy hasn't probably gotten a lot of criticism as of late since the show completely blew up on uh, Netflix, became like its biggest show. They did it in like a month. Um, so he's probably, you know, a little bit in defense mode trying to defend his show here, which I I, I get it. Um, but I don't even think LeBron James meant it in that kind of way. I don't even think he meant it for it to get out. You know, this was like a personal conversation. And we know when, when personal conversations become public, <laughs> they usually don't, they usually don't, are, aren't recepted well because that wasn't what it was meant to be in the first place. You know what I mean? So um, I don't think LeBron would have just came out and said this. You know, I don't think that was his, his intention. If he, if he wanted to, he would have just did it in a tweet or something probably before this, you know? So um, it definitely wasn't his intention. Um, he did say something like, this can't be real. You know, is, is he for real or whatever about, you know, the, the, the creator's comments. So obviously he, you know, he was kind of shocked by the response, um, you know, from the creator, but it is what it is. I don't think this will spiral out at all or get weird or anything like that. I think that it's just a creator of something responding to, you know, criticism or feedback that he's getting negative feedback. And it's more about it being LeBron James and it being, you know, unexpected. But again, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, and LeBron didn't do this to like publicly criticize this guy. You know what I mean? Um, what I also think is interesting though, and it may, and it may play a part in this, like, you know, while we see the success of the show and, you know, it being one, it being Netflix's biggest show and all these things uh, and, you know, creating crazy, you know, attention and, 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 and revenue and views um, I seen in an article, I believe it was, uh, what was it? What art, what site was it? Uh, I want to say it was, let me see really quick. I think I should probably pull it back up. Yeah. Wall street journal. Um, wall street journal had an article about the show. Um, and it was pretty interesting. The stuff that I didn't, I never heard before it was in their article. I'm not sure how many, how many people, how many of you guys are aware of it, but, um, it says that the creator of squid game came up with the idea for the show more than a decade ago. While living with his mother and grandmother, he had to stop writing the script at one point because he was forced to sell his $675 laptop for cash. Back then, potential investors and actors thought the sh you know, show was brutal for its killings uh, and implausibility of individuals competing to the death for money. But two years ago, Netflix thought the, you know, it's, you know, the it says it says Netflix thought the class struggles outlined in Squid Game spoke to reality. Um, you know, so then when the pandemic hit, global economy got hit, it just kind of, you know, it, it kind of widened the gap and, you know, exasperated the issues between rich and poor and this kind of stuff. You know, the world changed basically is what they're saying. And so it made it, I don't know, I don't want to say more realistic, I guess is kind of a word you would use here, but um, it just made it more, I guess, consumable you know, easier, e easier to be consumed for people. Um, and so it did really well, but just the thought that you have this guy who was, you know, did this, he did this 10 years ago, you know, this, this idea and 
it got so rough, obviously, it wasn't getting picked up, it wasn't getting accepted, so he had to sell his laptop that he was writing it on and all this kind of stuff. So, like, it kind of goes to show you, like, you you sometimes you have to do something if you really love it and you really believe in it, whether it's, you know, a piece of content like a movie or a TV show or whether you're doing a podcast or making music or, you know, trying to start your own or doing your own business and it's kind of like, you know, it hasn't gotten off the ground like you hoped or you're struggling with it. Um, this dude, 10 years, 10 years he sat on this, you know what I mean? Through struggles, ups and downs, and this not getting accepted, you know, in the way he had planned, like it is right now. So that's a that's a big motivator. That's a big motivator that, you know, a lot of times when you do something, people will say, ah, oh, within five, six months, you know, is how long people usually wait for it to start popping or, you know, within the first year, you know, that's when that's when this thing starts happening for you or, you know, within the first 30 days or whatever it is, there's usually like some sort of timeline that you're told or you read or that, you know, someone tells you about that. That's when you should start feeling some pressure, you know, that that thing should happen at that point or not. And 10 years is a long time. It's a long time to wait on something that, that and, and, and still hold on to it and still and still push it for, you know, it to be a possibility. And the fact that it did and it, and it did the way, you know, it has, which is not just like, oh, it got accepted. It just got picked up. But, you know, it didn't do too well. No, no. It blew up. It's the biggest show Netflix has ever put out. Like, that's crazy. That's that's wild. And so that's if that's not motivating. I don't know what is. So think about something that you're trying to do right now or that you're thinking about doing that you're in the process of creating or whatever, that it may take you 10 years. Are you willing to put that in? Are you willing to wait? 10 years for that to come to life. I am. I'm down for that. I'm down for the long haul, but some people aren't, you know, and I understand that too. Um, and so you got to find other things to do in the meantime, but it's worth creating something or building something that 10 years down the line is where you may get the fruits of your, your labor. And maybe that's a part of why he's so sensitive to, you know, LeBron James's, you know, criticism. But I, I do think it's a part of, you know, he should have been built for that criticism at this point. <laughs> if you don't, like, that's a long time to wait. You, you got a lot of, a lot of rejection in that time and a lot of down in that time that you should be, you know, built for that. So I don't know. It's a weird story the way it all came together, but it is funny. Um, it's kind of, you know, revealing to just how people are and how criticism gets you, no matter how successful you are. Um, and again, I don't think LeBron James meant anything by it, but interesting story. And nonetheless, take away that motivational you know, factor from it. It, 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 it. I think it has value. Um, moving on to something else, totally different pace. Uh, the Washington football team, this drama is still ongoing. It got heavier today because Roger Goodell, you know, got, you know, spoke to the press and was asked about why isn't this information public, you know, and as, and it, as if his reputation isn't bad enough as it is, as much as people already don't like this guy, where, you know, even at, positive places and positive events like the NFL draft. He gets booed constantly. Um, this only got way worse because he spoke to the press and they're asking him about, you know, where's the reports? Where's the, you know, where's the findings? Where's, where's everything at? Cause all that's happened so far is John Gruden, who was the head coach of the Raiders, all his emails got released, all his shit that he wrote, which I'm not, you know, I'm not co-signing or saying it was good or that it shouldn't have happened, but the fact that all that got released, which if you think about it, he talks shit about Roger Roger Goodell in those emails, um, which I I one hundred percent believe that's the only reason it got out. 
Um, I don't think it had anything to do with anything else. The real reasons why, you know, people wanted him to resign for the things he said, that's not really why it got out. Because if that was the case, all the other stuff that's similar to that would already be out too. They only released that because Roger Goodell knew that, hey, if I release this, this guy's talking a lot of shit about me. If I release this, he's going to have to resign. So I'm going to go ahead and let that go. And that's dirty when you think about it. That's super grimy. It's super grimy. So when you hear me say something like this, I'm not defending Roger Goodell. I mean, I'm not defending John Gruden. But if he's the only casualty, that's a problem. And so, you know, just if you, I'm going to go ahead and read straight off from the ESPN article just because it's easier to uh, to digest and understand from here. So the attorneys for some of these, you know, Washington football team employees who were rejected uh, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell's reasoning, he said that basically, you know, it was, you know, to protect the, you know, privacy, basically, of these people that were interviewed in the investigation that they wanted this. Uh, but in a two-page letter to Goodell, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz stated that their clients, they represent 40 women who made allegations of sexual harassment while working in Washington, that they only wanted protection, um, but they did want the finance released. So it says, the letter said, while many who came forward feared retaliation by Dan Snyder and therefore requested their names to be kept confidential, they never envisioned that all their efforts and the efforts of Beth Wilkinson and her team would result in no written report of findings and no real accountability for Dan Snyder or the Washington football team. Had they known this, they would never have participated. Straight up. Like, what else do you need to hear? Um, so they're calling for it. Politicians are calling for it. NFL fans are calling for it. Everybody is calling for a written report, for some sort of report to come out for everything that happened. We don't want to hear about just John Gruden, your little sneaky ass attack to get rid of him. I want to hear about everything. I want to see everybody pay for the, uh, you know, things that were happening here. I want to see everybody be held accountable, not just a coach who was working for ESPN at the time. That's not what we care about the most. We want to see everything. So, you know, they wrote that Roger Goodell's, you know, continued refusal to produce the findings of the investigation, ignoring the repeated pleas from those who put themselves at great risk to participate in the investigation, suggests strongly that it is not they who are determined you know, it's not it's not that it's not they who you are determined to protect. It, it's a lot of mess. It gets messy. You guys know when law and courts and attorneys and all these things get involved, things get things get messy and blurry and, and weird. And that's besides the point. What really matters is ask yourself, why is that information not out? Why? Honestly, why? These people are all saying, hey, we just wanted to be protected from from this owner from this scumbag owner allegedly you know what i mean that's all that's all we wanted we didn't say don't talk about what happened here for somehow the john gruden stuff got out that's it how how does that get out but nothing else it doesn't even add up oh because it's probably the only thing that that your name was mentioned in in a negative way so you wanted to make sure he paid for it that's dirty i honestly hope that john gruden somehow can retaliate against the nfl um for this you know this weird situation even if it's just to force the hand of, of a written report or whatever it is um because i if i was john gruden even though i made these mistakes and i'm and i'm being accountable for it and i'm resigning and i'm, I'm losing my job and all these things 
I'm going to try to, you know, fire back too and protect whatever reputation I still have, whatever respect I may still have. You know what I mean? I, I would defend those things as best I can and, and, and not only be accountable, but look for redemption. And that's a perfect place to start, you know, to, to fight for those other people. So it's a, it's a messy story. It makes you think even less of Roger Goodell. And sometimes you think, how can I think less of this guy? Like, I already don't like this guy. But then things like this happen. I wish this guy wasn't the commissioner of the football, honestly. Uh, at this point, like, it can't get worse, can it? <laughs> it can't get worse than Roger Goodell. Put the written report out, bro. Put the written report out. I'd love to hear if anybody had an argument on why not to. Like a legitimately good argument to me making this request to put it out. I don't think you can legitimately argue that. The people they interviewed are saying, put it out. You don't even have to put their names. Just put it out. Dirty ass Roger Goodell, man. Dirty. Dirty, dirty, dirty. And NFL fans should be also trying to keep this guy, you know, accountable for this. Because if he'll hide this, what else is he hiding? You know what I mean? It can't just be the Washington football team. There's got to be other stuff that this guy knows about that he might be concealing. Or if you allow him to conceal it and not release it, what will he not reveal in the future on, you know, bad situations like these? So it's shady all around. I wish there was a way to remove him, honestly, but I don't know if that's an option or not. Maybe we'll see how this all plays out. The last thing I want to cover, and something that's been talked about a lot the last few days, actually, since it happened is Tom Brady through his 600th touchdown pass. It was caught by Mike Evans, Tampa Bay wide receiver, and then handed to a fan. <laughs> handed to a fan. And the team asked for it back. Tom Brady wanted it back. Of course, because it should never have been given to a fan in the first place. But it was. I posed this question on social media. I was curious what people think, what they would do. Um, some people said I would give the ball back. No problem. You know, no big deal. I wouldn't even want nothing. You're crazy. It came out that from, from professionals in the auction space and in the sports memorabilia space, that that ball is worth $500,000 at auction or more. Like 500000 is a floor. Like on a worse day. But that is probably way higher. It could be 750k, a mil. Who knows? Who knows? And so this fan was put in this position, right? Obviously, he's a big fan of the game or the team. He's at a game. He gets his ball. He's put in this, you know, this situation <laughs> that um, you know, no. You know, he didn't go there expecting this. You know, no fan would actually, you know, expect something like this to happen. Like, normally, you know how this goes. Like, you, 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 you these things, usually the player catches the ball and just keeps it or hands it to Tom Brady. They don't, you know, give it to a fan. So that was the big mistake in the first place. No one expected, no one goes to that game expecting that to happen. So you can't really prepare mentally for this moment. Um, but all in all, he said, okay, I'm going to give the ball back. They came to an agreement on what they would give him for the ball. 
Okay, mind you, I said this ball is worth at least 500000 More than likely more than that. Um, way more than that. I would say at least double that or pretty close to it, right? Only person to ever throw 600 touchdowns. Tom Brady, this is the pass. That's the ball. And so he gives the ball back. He gives the ball back. And what he gets is another game ball. Not that ball, <laughs> but another game ball. Um, a signed jersey. Well, two signed jerseys. A helmet from Brady. A signed Mike Evans jersey. And his game cleats. Kind of cool. Pretty cool stuff. A $1,000 credit at the Buccaneers team store. And two season passes for the remainder of this season as well as next season. Okay. So, I mean, on the surface, like, that sounds like some pretty cool stuff, right? Like, who, I mean, who wouldn't want all that memorabilia and the season passes? I feel like you could have gave the man season passes for life. <laughs> Obviously, they don't want to do that, but it feels like that would have been a little more uh, correct, you know, in, in terms of that. But so, so those are things on the surface, right? Then, that's what initially came out. Everyone's like, damn, this dude got robbed, right? Then it, it comes out later that, um, you know, Brady said he was thankful to get the ball back, uh, that the guy, you know, could have held out for more. There was a lot of negotiations, he says. Um, but, you know, this guy, and even, even Brady, uh, was it Brady that said it? Yeah, Brady said Byron realized he lost all of his leverage when he gave the ball away. He should have held it so he would have had much as much leverage as possible. If he had held it, he would have been sitting in the Tom Brady suite for the rest of the season. Peyton joked, uh, this is Peyton Manning, uh, amateur move on his part. Brady said, I think it worked out. I'm also giving him a Bitcoin. That's pretty cool, too. At the end of the day, I think he's still making out pretty well. Um, so so when he, when he says he gave up the ball, what he means is uh, Byron Kennedy, which is the fan, he negotiated with the Buccaneers trainer before eventually giving the ball back. So like he gave the ball back before, you know, he could have even really negotiated way harder. <laughs> so he lost his ground when he did that. Um, and, and, and when the Bitcoin people were like, well, the Bitcoin's awesome. I think the Bitcoin, when I last heard it was worth like 63,000 or something. Um, that's how much a, a Bitcoin is worth right now. 62, 63, somewhere in there, uh, which, you know, if you're familiar with Bitcoin at all, these prices go up and down. Um, you know, it's it's hovering somewhere in there, though, and it's worth it's, it's worth a lot of money. Like, there's no question about that. Um, but again, sixty two thousand and five hundred thousand. You can add up to sixty thousand. The season passes for the, this year and next year, the ball, the cleats, the signed jerseys, the helmet, all of that. And you ain't getting close to five hundred thousand and up end up because i don't even think it's gonna end at five as crazy as cards and memorabilia and all these things cost right now people will treat these things like art like treasures <laughs> this is like this is a historical moment the first quarterback to throw for 600 touchdowns so i'm assuming this thing's gonna go for like a mil or more especially now with this story added on top of it if, if it was to go in an auction you know this fact that they actually handed it to a fan and stuff like the story gets crazier um if you would have went to auction with that, like, hey, Tom Brady wanted this ball. They were negotiating with me. They want. They would have given me everything for it. 
the value is only going to get higher because that's like a cool story. Um, so yeah, this ball was going to be worth 500,000 or up. I'm thinking way up. I'm thinking double that at the least. Um, and you got potentially 60,000 in a Bitcoin, some, a, a couple of jerseys, a helmet. A lot of fans are like, man, that's, that's fire. That's more than I would even ask for. And you're crazy. You're crazy. Let me tell you why some people like to go, um, you know, he, he didn't earn this. Like he was just in the right place, right time. Yeah. That's, that's how life works. Sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and life is all about timing and that, and, and that was his blessing. He was handed this ball that was unexpected. It's like, it's almost like getting a lottery ticket or something and winning, right? It's not really something you worked for. You spent a couple bucks on it and you won. He spent money on some seats, was in the right place at the right time. He could have been up getting a beer, a hot dog, going to the bathroom. He could have been doing anything. Not paying attention, just going crazy for the touchdown. No, he was in the right place at the right time. You get this ball and ask him, I would get the ball back for free. You're crazy. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're crazy. I would have took this deal that they got. You're also crazy. Brady admitted himself that the guy lost in the negotiation. Oh, it was pretty cool. I gave him a Bitcoin. Pretty cool. I'm not trying to be pretty cool, Tom. I'm trying to get a million dollars. I'm trying to get 500,000. I'm trying to get to a million. That money is a house or paying off your debt or putting money away for college or starting a business, your dream passion, uh, doing you know things for charities. It, it's so much more than a couple of jerseys and a ball and a helmet and season tickets, 500,000 to a mil off rip easy. Come on, man. Anyone who says this do one is crazy. You cannot turn down that kind of money. It's life changing money for people. You could set up your future with that money. I don't know much about this gentleman. I don't know if he had kids, if he was young, if he was old, I don't know much about him, but just on, on just speaking for everybody, five hundred thousand to a million is way better than a couple pieces of memorabilia and a bitcoin. It's cool that you came to that game with none of that and left with that, but it ain't cool when you know what you gave away. So for those who are arguing that you know this fan really won in the deal or that you would have gave it away for free, man, would you stop it? Just stop it. That's wild. That's crazy talk. This dude lost. He took the L. He won in terms of what he came with and what he left with, but he lost in terms of the value he gave away. And you could relate in any avenue of life. This I'm not speaking, you know, nothing crazy here. If you play fantasy football, you understand value. If you do stocks or bet, sports betting or anything, selling things, sales, you know what value is? You know what what you have is worth a certain price and you wouldn't sell it for less. Just because you lucked upon something doesn't mean that you should give it away for less. It happens all the time. People get lucky all the time. Some people say it's better to be lucky than good. He he didn't need a skill or anything to, to get into this position. He didn't train for this. He got lucky. So you're gonna you're gonna give away the luck? You're gonna short you're gonna short yourself because you were lucky? Come on, man. Come on. 
I mean, I'm happy for the dude. Like I said, he came away with something, and he's obviously happy. I mean, he accepted the deal. Wouldn't be me. <laughs> wouldn't be me, and it wouldn't be a lot of you listening. I know that because I've talked to, to a few of you individually about this, and I know you agree with me on that. On that. On that. You know, on that idea that this dude sold himself short, and you should never sell yourself short. You should always get max value for, you know, things you do. That's just how I look at it. If you have if you have an opposing view, I would love to hear it. You know where I'm at. You can find me at Twitter, on Instagram, at Clock Dodgers. Feel free to, to message me after you hear this episode and tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> tell me why I'm wrong. You know, that's fine. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for the conversation. I'm here for the debate. I like that. I like that. So, you know, drop a line. If you're listening and you're not following, definitely follow. Let me know you're listening to the podcast. That's why you're following me and you want to argue with me and debate with me or have a conversation with me. I want to follow you back. Sometimes I miss the follows. You know what I mean? Sometimes I don't know who you are. But if you say, hey, man, listen to the podcast. I'm following you. Follow back. Follow back, Neil. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for sure. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please hit subscribe. If you're feeling generous today and you haven't left a five-star review, please leave one. I'm super grateful for those. I appreciate them more than you know. Also, if you want to have your opinion, your thought, your disagreement with me, any of that shared on the podcast live, if you leave it in the review, I'll read it on the air. So make sure you have like your name in there. Or if you want to be anonymous, make it a weird name. A lot, a lot of uh, podcast reviews are like weird names. So you could do that if you want. But if you leave it in the review, I'm definitely going to share it on the show. So that's you could look at that as a threat or a promise. <laughs> but that's the bonus to to leaving it there in the review. I'll, I'll definitely get on the show. Sometimes you talk on Twitter and stuff. I, I get to that conversation and bring it to the show. But I don't always remember. But it's my promise to you that if you get it onto the review, I will definitely share it um so we'll make that happen for sure other than that share the show if you know someone who who might be interested looking for a little entertainment a little discussion uh we always love new listeners and and new new members of the family of the clock dodger family so do that um other than that that's all i have for today like i said the content will be ramping up so make sure you're subscribed i don't want you to miss anything uh we're gonna have guests more guests on here uh some interviews but also even even these kind of conversations with the three, you know, news of the week, pop culture, music, sports, whatever it is. Um, I'll have guests on here to talk about some of these things too sometimes, but I like doing them solo dolo too. So we'll see. We'll mix it up for sure. But the content is about to ramp up. So if you're looking for more content on your uh, podcast feed, make sure you're subscribed because it's going to be dropping, dropping, dropping. And I don't want you to miss nothing. You know, it, it's cool when you see the, you know, the tweet or the clip. And you're like, oh, damn, I forgot Cloud Dodgers Podcast, one drop. But why not just be subscribed? Then you don't miss it and you're ahead of it and you're ahead of the conversation already. So um, hit me up on Twitter at Clock Dodgers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. As always, be kind, be great, keep dodging.